Welcome to the Nerd Party. They can travel anywhere in time and space. Up we go into time and space. So all of time and all of space are sitting out there. Welcome to Time and Space, one married couple's adventure through the Doctor Who universe. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her problematic companion, Philip Gilfus. Now, of course, I'm not going to argue with the problematic part, but why do you think you're a problematic companion this week? I, I think I am each and every week. And what makes you problematic? That's what you always tell me. Oh, yeah, no, fair enough. I just assumed you didn't actually listen when I said those things. I like T2. <laughs> so we've just finished up our Peter Capaldi rewatch. Yes. Um, we watched the last three <sighs> stories. Um, I can't actually remember the the first one. The world is big. I can't remember. But anyway, the uh, and then of course the Doctor falls, and then the Christmas special, Twice Upon a Time, and I cried again. Yeah, and I, I think it was interesting. Cause of course, our very first episode of Time and Space was reviewing the Doctor falls, but. I don't think I had rewatched the episode prior to that before, so it was nice to watch that again. Yes. Um, the the, the quote-unquote death of Bill, or at least, and then the reveal of the master, and then the mistress trying out her very first adventure as Doctor Who. Um, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> so. Oh, she's so funny. I do just love Missy. One of the things that I think that the Doctor Who writers at least in the more modern time, uh, do is write well for women. I mm-hmm. mean, River's such a beautiful character, and Missy's such a great character, and Bill, and and the other companions, although I think Clara uh, and Capaldi, the writing was awkward, but it wasn't, it was, it was making her more of a doctor, so it wasn't, you know, the sort of screaming companion, damsel in distress, so... Uh, yeah, overall, I think the writing for women is really lovely. No, I definitely agree. And then I, and I go back and forth between this, but I thought watching these three episodes back to back or binging, as the kids say, um, <laughs> I'm not because you are nothing if not down with the kids. Exactly, um, it it left me shook. Um, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't always like them going too inside the canon or the storyline or the or the you know who or what the doctor is you know looking inside because sometimes you know you always want the doctor to be somewhat mysterious you know if you lay all the cards on the table then you sort of set the parameters for the character and you can't really go anywhere with that you know the biggest thing about the doctor and the reason that he soon to be she is so complex is that there's always drip drop you don't always know everything you know right. and so i always don't want to reveal too much you know the backstory of like why do you leave gallifrey and who was you know who were his parents and how was his childhood and you know all this stuff you, you know some of it be mysterious but i did like some of the questions and having twice upon a time actually having the first doctor of course has been you know impossible to get since you know, bill hartnell passed on but to have that opportunity to then question the first doctor with you know, Bill, or hand quotes Bill, asking the doctor, why did he leave, or what was he looking for um, when he stole the TARDIS? And, and I thought it was it was interesting, because I thought it was, it wasn't, you know, we've had sort of the, the hybrid storyline with the 12th Doctor and all that, which I didn't think made sense. But anyway, but the doctor saying, you know, good and evil, and what's it mean, and, 
And that's kind of what he was looking for. Because he's a young man, quote unquote. So that's sort of his young man's adventure of stealing the TARDIS and looking forward to that. Yes. Yeah. Trying to figure out why evil didn't win every time mm-hmm. when in theory it should. Mm-hmm. So, but now yeah, I agree. It's very heartfelt watching all those three back to back. Because, you know, in the in real time, you know, you could have watched the first two somewhat back to back. But then there's that. Because I, I, Twitter, I've been looking at, of course, is, you know, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, but contemporarily, this is actually a year ago, The Dr. Falls aired. Was it really? I, I, I was guess... on Twitter, yeah. And so it's between, and this is July, and so between July 1st and Christmas was the gap. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard to keep that emotion, you know, going. Um, but... And, you know, I remember thinking that that's such a long gap. And then, of course, we got Christmas, and Jodie Whittaker makes her first appearance, and now the gap is... Like nine months. Yeah. And it's terrible. I hate it. I don't like it at all. (laughs) I'm ready, especially watching it again. Really ready for to see what Jodie Whittaker does with it. It's so exciting. Yeah, that's why I've enjoyed having the complete, you know, Blu-rays in my case, but... To binge Doctor Who, and of course we have all of Doctor Who, more or less, but we can watch whenever we want. But it is fun to at least watch one Doctor and all of his stories. Um, you know, kind of binge a little bit because you kind of get a little bit more of the character, especially with New Who, um, classic Who, not as much, but nevertheless you do get a little bit of flow because you know it is the companions sort of come and go, and you sort of get to see them what they've got to do and all that stuff. So yeah, and I like the extras. Obviously, mm-hmm. those are always interesting to to have a look see through. And because time and space means nothing, that means now that we're done with Capaldi, now we'll start the Smith, not Smith, complete Blu-ray collection rewatch. Ah, <laughs> isn't it time to get the Eccleston and, and go back to, to Billy Piper? Exactly. Well, anyway, so uh, but that's pretty much it. We did get our new, um, and it is the beginning of the month. I suppose technically we could do our uh, Dr. Man book, but I think we'll save that till next week. <laughs> yes, yeah, because we actually got it in the post yesterday, mm-hmm. and Philip wouldn't let me look at it. Because it wasn't July yet. Yeah. So, the seventh um, month, for the seventh Doctor. Yes. Gosh, I can't believe we're already on the seventh Doctor. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I, don't even, I mean, I, it could be easily Google this, but just off the top of my head, I don't even know if there's a Doctor War. But it'll be interesting oh, yeah. if, if there is or not. There must be an eighth Doctor, though. Yeah. But I'm just wondering. Which will be interesting. And yeah, whether there's a Dr. Ward. But anyway. Yeah, fun. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they do with him. You know, how do you make that fun? (laughs) And chipper. Whoop, whoop, whoop. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Speaking of which, Mm -hmm. Doctor Who is about many things. Fun, monsters, thrills, sci-fi, history, and fantasy. It's also about the big decisions, the Doctor having the fate of the Earth or a species or a whole universe, depending on what he decides. This week, we are talking about those big decisions and if the Doctor always got them right. Sure, and there's a bunch we can do. I've sort of whittled down a list, a sampling, so um, maybe we'll bring up some other ones. Or if there's ones you think we've missed, please let us know. Um, You can tweet us at JoinNerdParty on Twitter. Or if you want to shout at us individually, you can tweet me at NC Public Servant. And I am at One Phoenix Theater. All right. So, but the first thing we thought we'd talk about, not necessarily in kind of order, but just one I thought of, and so we rewatched just to, to uh, make sure we understood it all, was the episode Kill the Moon, the 12th Doctor. And I thought what made this an interesting sort of quote-unquote big decision for the Doctor is that he chooses not to make a decision. 
and instead delegates it to the humans. And so if you don't remember the episode, it's sort of what it says in the tin, kill the moon. It's where the moon is breaking up. They discover it's actually an egg and the decision has to be made. Do they let the egg hatch, therefore destroying the moon and causing earth to be in peril because of tides and all the things that the moon does? Um, or do they kill the, uh, the young, you know, whatever, zygote, whatever you call it, yes, fetus. Yes, the, the um, unborn whatever's in the egg. Exactly. And by oh. killing one, one, you know, save the entire planet. So. Mm. And so the doctor delegates that to Clara Courtney, her uh, student, and then some random scientist. <laughs> what is maybe a little bit of, um, I don't know, woman power? You know, she, the, the U.S. president, and then... Three women and then yeah, an egg, I suppose, if you really want to go to the... Uh, yeah, if you want to anyway. get a little bit meta, absolutely. And apparently the uh, creature that's ultimately born that's then lays an egg. So, so presumably, you know, though, though, I don't know how biology would work. But anyway, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. So anyway, so what do you think, darling, of, of the doctor's decision not to make a decision? I think this one... I mean, obviously, if he had just made the decision... It would have been a much shorter episode. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Uh, so when you think about it in terms of television, that's what you got to go with. And it wouldn't be as interesting. However, delving into the universe proper, he knew the answer. It's not like he really, you know, he tells them that he doesn't know the answer, but he does. He knows the answer and chooses not to tell them. And they, and, and, then they leave it up to humankind. Humankind votes to destroy it. Mm -hmm. And then at the very last second, Clara makes the decision so to stop it. They lost the popular vote but won the Electoral College. Yeah. And okay. I think it's problematic in that in, in those ways. Mm -hmm. In that A, he already knew what was going to happen. And B Clara gave humanity the choice and then overrode their decision. Mm -hmm. So I think in those senses, it is really problematic. Obviously, it was the right thing to do, but it's problematic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what did you think of, you know, Clara was very upset about this whole enterprise at the end. And the doctor sort of saying, I don't know, and I'm paraphrasing, you can correct me. But basically, he was sort of saying, look, I respect you so much. I let you make your decision. It's your planet. You know, I've given you the tools. You you know, you've been around me long enough. But again, I understand Clara's being upset because the doctor knew the answer. Mm -hmm. And so then it's, as she points out, really kind of condescending mm -hmm. for him to, to allow that to happen. Because mm -hmm. he does, you know, if he hadn't known and had sort of said, but I do trust your choices, mm -hmm. that would have been a little bit different. But he did know, and mm -hmm. it really was just a little bit of a test. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that's I, I understand Clara's fury and her being upset because he's kind of being a condescending ass. Mm -hmm. So you disagree with the doctor's decision? Yes, okay. I do. I do. I disagree with the doctor's decision to hand it over in that way. Mm -hmm. There, I think that there are other places that he could have done something like that to show he trusted Clara without being a jerk about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, what do you think? Well, no, I, I, uh, I mean, rewatching it is different because it's, it's, to me, it's left somewhat vague what he knew. I mean, because he finds out, right? Because, like, about what would happen 
like whether they would he'd lay it would lay another egg, right, and be another moon. Like I think that wasn't necessarily stated that he knew that, but he understood that humanity was going to survive and be fine. Well, and that's always going to be somewhat true. I mean, it wasn't going to destroy because he told right, whether it was the doctor or someone else said, yeah, there's going to be some high tides and it's going to destroy, but it's not like going to destroy your planet or anything. So it's just you know, one life versus thousands or millions. And again, the thousands and millions made the choice, mm-hmm. and Clara overrode it. Mm-hmm. So then I'm not 100% sure, even though it was the right decision, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about her making that decision either, I think. Yeah. Well, and it kind of reminds me of, and I forget the title of the episode, I could look it up in two seconds, but I won't. Um, but anyway, <laughs> the um, 11th Doctor's second outing with Amy um, in Space Britain. Um, where she, you know, they're there with the space whale or whatever it's called. But anyway, where they've been sort of, they've captured the space whale and are torturing it to steer it basically. And that's sort of an, also a vote because, you know, you, everyone gets to vote, you know, do you, you get told the story and then do you vote yes or no? And then your memory gets erased Yeah, and everyone keeps voting yes to, you know, keep torturing the whale because it's, you know, I guess Demo- and, democratic but, Britain. Uh, well, you know. yeah, but it's also a really easy you know, you vote yes to keep torturing it, but then we're going to take the memory away from you so you don't have to live with the guilt. Right. And so, but then with the ultimate decision um, that Amy makes, because um, the the queen, um, Liz Ten, finally finds out what's going on. And then she gets the choice as well to, what is it, abdicate or free or whatever. Or, you know, keep going or forget. I guess it's forget or abdicate, if I remember the, the choices. And then sort of Amy presses abdicate basically and leaves the space whale and then the space whale then just was like no i'll still keep helping you out without you torturing me thank you so anyway but it's sort of a similar choice right because yes do you sacrifice one for the good of the thousands or millions yeah absolutely but and again you get the twist of the whale was willing to do it anyway Mm -hmm. it's just that nobody had the courage to ask And so they would have ended up in exactly the same place if they'd been nice Mm -hmm. and they hadn't all been dreadful and hadn't all chosen, continuously chosen to be dreadful and have their memories erased to assuage their guilt. Mm -hmm. So, because there the doctor was going to make the decision to sort of brain dead the whale. Yes. As a sort of best case scenario of saving everyone and then not causing the whale pain. And so... That was his decision. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So the next one, and this is sort of the big one in Doctor Who, yes. is The Moment. This was actually, I mean, it's throughout a lot of the uh, new Who, but sort of predominantly in the day of the Doctor, the 50th anniversary special with the War Doctor. Yay! Making the decision to basically destroy Gal- all the Time Lords and the Daleks because the Time War is burning all of creation. And so, kill everyone is his solution. Ultimately, they come up with the magical solution of of uh, time-freezing Gallifrey. And then, once Gallifrey disappears, the Daleks fire each other and blow them up. So, it appears as if they blew everyone up. But, but just in the moment, if you will, what do you think of just the actual... Before we knew the magic solution, we just knew the Ninth Doctor's torture and the Tenth Doctor and the War Doctor... What do you think of sort of the doctors? Yeah, and I I think this is actually the opposite of the space whale Mm -hmm. in that he has to live with his guilt. Mm -hmm. And he does. 
and it is always present. And, uh, you know, he did, and, and that's, it's such a human thing. You do the thing that's right at the time, that, that you think is right at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always the road to hell and all of those sorts of things and, and that constant conundrum. So I, I liked the complexity of it. Because also the, the sort of the guilt, well, I mean, for one thing, that was the moment, you know, appearing as Rose, saying that would be his punishment, that he would live. I remember what happened. And we see the guilt sort of through the doctors of the 10th and 11th doctor, you know, the question of, can you remember how many children were in Gallifrey? And the know, 11th doctor you know, says he didn't try. And I think the 10th doctor knows how many. And you know, Yeah, but the, the, by the time we get to the 11th doctor... He has had to make that conscious effort to, to let part of that go. Um, which is, and, and there's guilt in that too, isn't there? I mean, any sort of bereavement that people have, the guilt of laughing again for the first time or, you know, moving on with your life, I think is something that everybody can relate to. Yeah, I guess it is sort of the stages of whatever because the 10th Doctor then, uh, you know, accuses the 11th Doctor of, trying to move on you know how could you move on how could you you know because he's still in that stage of yes yeah but there are other worlds that have to be saved and if you're spending the whole time beating yourself up Mm -hmm. then and then so i mean the actual decision though what do we think of destroying everything to save the universe he didn't know about the magic solution (laughs) um so i kind of get it so well, then what about the magic solution? Because, I mean, even then, you're sort of, I don't know, freezing a world. I mean, you know, a stasis. You're putting Gallifrey in stasis and in sort of a non-existence, a purgatory. True, but knowing what he knows about the alternative. Mm-hmm. Purgatory is better than death, right? Yeah. So they say. So they say. I've, I've, <laughs> I read that somewhere. The river sticks and all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because then it sort of gets all bogged down with the Gallifrey storyline after that. But anyway. It does, a bit, yeah. But then uh, with the Doctors at the, well, not the very end, but at the sort of next to the very end, with the nine, nine and, excuse me, with 10 and 11 joining the War Doctor and pressing the button. Yes, yeah. And that, you know, that... Because they were angry at him. They, they refused, you know, they'd forgotten him. Yes, yeah, which is why, you know, which was a nice justification for... Him reappearing in the middle, you know. They've also forgotten Peter Cushing, so but we're going to let that stand. Um, yeah, I think the whole three heads are better than one, even when it's your heads, all of them. You know, that sort of validation of making the right choice and coming together. I think there's so, there's a lot of redemption there, a lot of forgiveness. So, yeah, what about you? Again, with it's the kill the moon or whatever, if there's always a magic solution, then that always helps. But often, once you get to a certain level, the doctor's level, uh, it's usually the Kobayashi Maru of the mm. wor- worse or worse um, you know, so which one do you pick? And so I think you saw with the, you know, the, the what do we call them, Minisode, with the Nine of the Doctor, with the Eighth Doctor returning, you know, and you know, that what's her, I can't remember her name, but that one woman who just basically, once she discovers he's a Time Lord, she says he's no better than a Dalek because of what the Time Lords have been doing, too, during the Time War. And so 
And then we learned that the Talmers have basically emptied out their special weapons, you know, uh, vault for using anything and everything to fight the Daleks in the Tie War. And then the moment being the only thing left um, that the Doctor steals because he's good at stealing things from Gallifrey. But anyway. (laughs) True story. But I think that he, you know, again, even with 1,500 years under his belt or wherever he is at this point, continues to grow. Because then when we've got the war between the humans and the creatures that take on the human shapes. Zygons. Zygons. He forces peace. Right. He forces them to make different decisions. Mm-hmm. And they have the choice of annihilating everything or coming to the table. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he had had the power or the ability or the knowledge or things like that to do that with the Gallifreyans and the Daleks, what would have changed, you know? And so we get to a more mature choice possibly made off the back of what happened mm-hmm. in the time war. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that's hard to, I don't, you know, I don't know what to say because with, you know, to destroy two worlds to save the universe, I mean, then it's just a numbers game, but then should it be a numbers game? Cause then you're just utilitarian, you know, philosophy, you know, that it shouldn't, maybe shouldn't always be a numbers game. Because then, you know, with the uh, kill the moon, well, it's only one. Yeah. Now, of course, you have to look up at the moon and realize there's a dead dead animal in there every time. But, Which is kind of oogie. Yeah. But, you know. Mm-hmm. And then would it start to rot? Yeah. I mean, then do you have, you know, the moon smell? I, well, I Whenever think... it's a full moon, you're like, ugh, ugh. Moon smell is terrible. I know, right? Well, dead moon smell. Exactly. Yeah, regular moon smell is fine. Is it? Yeah, I think so. You say that. I mean, I've gotten to the point where I don't notice it so much anymore. Mm, Yeah. So, speaking of numbers game, the fires of Pompeii. Yes. With the 10th Doctor on Volcano Day. And he and Donna, you know, go to Pompeii, eventually figuring out it's Volcano Day. But then they figure out, or at least the Doctor figures out, that it's he who has to cause the volcano. He has to kill Pompeii to save the planet. Yep. Because he's got to kill the thingies that are in there. And yeah. Weird. Yeah. Yes. The and, rock monsters. And Donna is horrified. Mm-hmm. Absolutely horrified by this. Which is legitimate. Mm-hmm. And there is the question of why couldn't he get all the people out? Mm-hmm. Surely there would have been a way. Well, I mean, and that's always his argument as a Time Lord. As much as he, he fights it, you know, and cries to, to be the rebel... You know, as a Time Lord, you know, all those people died. That's history. You know, now, is it? of course, that's always the Doctor Who, fast and loose, what's a fixed point, what's not a fixed point. You know, we play with that all the time. But anyway, and as much as we know, everyone died on Pompeii, so it'd be really weird if the show changed that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, they could have chosen a fictional, similar mm. thing. Moved them all to Atlantis or something. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And yeah. Atlantis disappears, but yeah. all the people get saved. That's Yay. right. He, so they, they don't get burned, but they do drown. So. No, no, darling. That's no. No, don't okay. be ridiculous. Um, yes. And of course, he hedges his bets a little bit in possibly a way that wouldn't necessarily be considered ethical because he chooses to save the family he knows. Right. Well, and I mean, to be sure, he wasn't going to save any of them. And Donna was just like, just, just. One family, or just one. Yeah. And then, and then he chooses that face to remind him. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, that's a nice circular moment. Mm. But, you know, how ethical is it to make the choice of 
Who do you save? Who do you save? Yeah. If you're going to save anyone. Yes. Yeah. I think it's a tough ethical dilemma. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know any other way to put it. I, I don't know that. And, and I'm saying this and I don't know that I would have made any of those decisions differently. But it's still... It reminds me, not to go off this tangent, but you know I will. It reminds me of one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek Voyager, where the medical, emergency medical holographic doctor has to make a decision. Um, there's two patients. One is Ensign Kim, another sort of you know nameless crewman, and he can only save one. And he ends up saving Ensign Kim, but then he basically breaks down, and that's the whole episode, because... Why did he choose to save? You know, what was his? If you have exact patients, exact symptoms, was his choice based on friendship? And then he basically his program erodes. Basically, the whole episode. So he basically is, you know, from a, a human standpoint, he's basically you know PTSD or what? I don't know, having a nervous breakdown or whatever. But from a computer standpoint, you know, he's having some recursive algorithm error, you know. And so basically, he breaks down. And what they happen is the crew's been erasing his memory and resetting him in order to fix him. And he discovers all these gaps in his memory, and he finally finds out this is what. And then he finds out, and then he breaks down again. And so at the end, the decision is made to just let his program run and just let him sit there. Like the episode ends with him on the holodeck, just sitting in a chair with the captain sort of coming in to check on him and him just sitting there. Just that. letting him live with his decision yeah. until he can come out the other end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. It's, uh, <clears throat> what's the ethical dilemma that's shown up on Facebook? You know, you're driving a train that's out of control. That's a good place. (laughs) No, not that. And there are, you know, there's a person tied to the track. And Mm -hmm. do you derail the train to save that one person and kill the people on the train? What if the person on the track is a family member? You know. But remember the good place dilemma. That was with the train. Um, oh yeah, yes, yes. It was based on this yeah. ethical dilemma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there's blood everywhere <laughs> yeah, in exactly. that place. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so yeah. Another one again, a numbers game too. But it was one I had kind of forgotten. But then when I watched it again, it, it is sort of very heavy. And this is the ninth Doctor with the parting of ways. And this is you know sort of the part two of the two parter there. You know, with the space station and the reality shows and all that, where the Daleks invade. And the doctor discovers he can make a delta wave, whatever that is. But basically, you know, because he doesn't have t- enough time, and he has to basically doing a quick job because the dog's going to be there any second, and then they're going to invade. They're going to invade Earth. If he does it, it'll be a delta wave that will kill the Daleks, but then will kill everything within a certain distance that includes human colonies. And so, will he make the decision to destroy the Daleks and humans as well to save Earth, or? You know, what, what does he do? Of course, at the end, you know, he's about to press the button. The dogs come and say, you know, are you a coward or whatever? And he's like, well, I guess I'll choose coward anytime and doesn't press the button. Of course, that's when Rose shows up and does her TARDIS magic. But anyway, that was sort of a uh, interesting dilemma with the Ninth Doctor, who, who always seems like he's very heavy to make a moralistic choice. But anyway. Well, and that decision ultimately leads to his death, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he sacrificed himself to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that was one where he was sort of being, and I don't say this in any kind of whatever way, but sort of trigger shy about once he had to press the button, he paused, wasn't so sure of himself. When he, he who hesitates dot, dot, dot. And yeah. presumably some of that's, you know, still PTSD from the mm-hmm. time wars. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause, and I think that's part <clears> of it because I think with that episode, not having watched it recently, but I read the synopsis real quick, you know, 
he discovers, I mean, this is sort of heavy for him because now the dogs are back and the, the moment that was a waste and now, you know, that decision that he made was pointless because the dogs are back. They survived. Yep. And as far as, you know, at the, in that time, all, all of his people are not. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Ooh. That's a tortured ninth doctor. Yes, and the fact that he didn't just say, screw it, and push the button and destroy all the Daleks Mm -hmm. just in pure fury Mm -hmm. is pretty impressive, I think. Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to what you said with the Zygons. Uh, It's not called Terror of the Zygons. There's an episode called Terror of the Zygons, but I don't think that's the one I'm talking about. But anyway, the one you said with the 12th Doctor, where he's sort of giving that speech, but he says, you know, what do you do with all that pain? Now, of course, one response would be, well, you know, you just become like an embittered person or you just crumble or whatever. But then he uses sort of that pain to sort of try to make peace with others and be kind. And that's, which is an unusual way to go with that. But yes, um, the, from what he had to do there or the choices he had to make in the time war. Yes, absolutely. And you say it's unusual and I don't know necessarily. I think it's a choice that people make all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're going to do with their pain, you know, it, ultimately healing yourself has to involve healing others. Doctor, you know? heal thyself. Yeah. Physician, heal thyself. <laughs> but yeah, same idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the idea that, yes, you can absolutely take that pain and live the rest of your life with it and with the anger and with the the bent towards revenge or you can choose to heal yourself and the best way to do that is to help others as well and you th- is there any other moments i mean i know there's a bunch but any other moments that come to mind because i i think of course with doctor who it's a tv show so they always want him to win obviously so even when it's a big moralistic dilemma oftentimes there will be you know ma- magic solution at the end um so but you know i don't know i'm trying to think one or two times where he's just had to make the decision and then live with it but yeah and i think i would like and, and I said this last week when we watched the, um, when we went into the TARDIS library and, and, you know, he realizes that the decision he made Oh yeah, with the, with earlier, the face of evil, the fourth yeah, doctor, yeah. affected, you know, and I, I would like to see moments of that where we see a decision that he has made and how it turned out and whether or not that was the right choice. Well, I know a negative one that came to mind, which I've talked about before, but um, the waters of Mars, where the 10th doctor was faced with all the water zombies, basically, you know, invading, you know, it can save people. And he finally decides to save them, even though history records that they all died. Um, of course, luckily this is future. So he can get away with this on, unlike the fires of Pompeii. Yeah. But again, he fights the fixed point. So I guess, because it's been a while since I've watched it, but basically he argues it's a fixed point, but then he basically says, look, I'm the last time Lord. I can make the rules. Now I'm in charge of space and time. I'm the time Lord victorious. And so he rescues all the people that are left. I think there's only like three people at that point, but basically, you know, lands on earth and says, ha ha, I, I fixed it. I'm good now. And then the, that lead scientist woman basically says, you know, well, you know, what have you done? That's going to, change time and all that and he's like i've won and she's like and she just goes in the house and shoots herself to basically keep the time the way it was that she died so then he has to live with that yes yeah that he for a moment he thought he was the controller of time yes but it's a good uh back in your box doctor Mm -hmm. kind of moment um that you can't and that's what makes him interesting isn't it all of these moral dilemmas and whether they're the right ones to make and and that sort of thing and having to to cope with it and i think that's sort of 
uh, and I don't know if people would agree with this, but this is what I think is sometimes the struggle of New Who, that he will have these big decisions. So, but then he's, he, you know, what does he turned into after all these years? You know, with the, the River Song argument with the good man goes to war. You know, what have you become? He's become so big that his name can turn around an army, and as this is what you were going to become. That future future places. Yeah think that the word doctor means warrior. Yes. And so instead of being sort of the madman with a box, you know, and so I think that's sort of the sense of scale of the doctor. I think 50 plus years now, it's kind of hard to keep him and soon to be her sort of a bit smaller in scale, you know, just, you know, going around time and space, having random adventures instead of being the, the person who holds all the power. Yes. And of course, you know, with this, um, Peter Capaldi, the the twelfth doctor's as he's regenerating, and he's said that he doesn't want to. And per uh, Bill and Nardal both say, you know, but people need you. And Nardal says, I think if you weren't around, the world would become cold. And Doctor's response is, but can't I rest? Mm-hmm. That his life is like a battlefield. Yeah. Yes. But everyone has gone. Everybody has fallen. Everyone mm-hmm. else has fallen. And uh, you know, and again. They say, yes, of course you can. The choice is ultimately yours to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and he resigns himself to at least one more lifetime. Yep, one more round. Mm-hmm. Be kind and don't eat pears. <laughs> Those two things. So, yeah. Oh, Aww, poor well, doctor. I, well, like I said, if you, if you think we've missed another big decision, um, let us know. Obviously, we didn't touch a lot of classic stuff, um, but let us know. And if there's something we, you agree or disagree with, let us know as well. But with that, let's go into the TARDIS library. This time we are looking at The Fourth Doctor in an episode called Genesis of the Daleks. And it aired on the 8th of March, 1975. Right. And TARDIS.wikia synopsis is... Intercepted while traveling between Earth and the Ark, the fourth Doctor and his companions are transported to the planet Skaro. Thousands of years in the past, on a mission for the Time Lords to prevent the creation of the Daleks. Yes. So, yeah, so we have Sarah Jane and Harry along with the ride here. Yep, this was a six-parter. Yeah, so this was a little bit of an investment. But this was was recently in theaters. This was for the sort of with the Tom Baker Blu-ray release. Oh, okay. So this is obviously the one that we missed yeah, because of you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, and this is, uh, well, I'll say early days, but I forget which number. This is early days for the fourth Doctor. I want to say a fourth or fifth serial for him, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's early days. Mm. So, because Harry's still there, <laughs> that's how you know. You know, the, obviously, the ultimate decision is whether he should destroy the Daleks Be in their infancy, in which he just declares genocide. I mean, I'm saying it's not saying it's a wrong definition, but. Obviously, others would argue it's the Daleks, so who gives a blank, you know? Hmm. And so, what do you think of his hesitation at the end? Well, this uh, this one got got me up in arms a little bit. And talking about it all has been thinking about historically in the real world and present times in the real world and all of those things. It sort of brings things close. But one of the things that I thought was that Davros didn't do this in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not sure destroying Davros or even destroying those infant Daleks 
would have changed things Mm -hmm. because he didn't do it in a vacuum. There were a lot of people on his side, and there were a lot of people who were sort of on his side. His little SS guy. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and so, you know, they talk, in fact, I think they talk about it in this episode, you know, would you go back and kill Hitler? And and the doctor actually has the opportunity to go back and kill Davros as a child. And the thing is, none of that would make a difference Mm -hmm. because it took more people than the one evil. Mm -hmm. Um, And and people with bad or misguided intentions are going to raise up a bad, misguided leader, no matter who it is. Mm -hmm. And so taking out Hitler... Or taking out Davros, depending on which world you want to live in at the moment, doesn't change that. Right. And, that, and of course, you, know, you can have the, should you go back in time and kill Hitler, the time travel debate, um, you know, because obviously there's many attractive reasons why. But at least with the genesis of the Daleks, the fourth doctor's argument, and of course, now, of course, this is all, pro- pro- you know, uh, attached to, if he kills the Daleks, then they would have never existed, and then we won't ever use have the Daleks again. But anyway, putting that aside for story yeah, reasons. Yeah, so, so we know yeah. how this is going to Do you want to kill the end? most popular villain? Yeah. You know, I suppose the answer could be yes, but it seems unlikely based on audiences. But anyway, just taking it out of his face, though, he gives that, his hesitation is, well, A, that it's genocide. And again, you can argue whether that matters, um, but, you know, that's his first thing. And then his second dilemma is, even though there's going to be so much death and destruction, that causes a lot of people to come together, to unite, to do more than they would have done otherwise. And then getting rid of all that, you know, how does that change things? Because, again, of course, he is changing history. You know, if it had been something where he discovered it for the first time and it has the potential to be bad. And then, I mean, again, I'm not saying there's not still a moral dilemma, but the fact that it is... You know, that he, he knows, knows how it's going to end. Right, and he knows there's death and destruction, but he also knows you know, how different planets and civilizations of peoples have, have survived. Um, and banded together, yes. and which is actually exactly the opposite of what Davros says mm-hmm. when he gives his impassioned speech. You know, he's like, that people are never going to be good. They're never going to be able to figure it out, so mm-hmm. we've got to be the strongest, mm-hmm. which is also a perspective. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one that I can't handle morally but it's Mm. certainly a perspective and it's a perspective that people have i think the other interesting thing in this particular serial is that you've got the underground resistance Mm -hmm. and i sort of and and they were getting ready to blow up the whole thing as well right i mean it's two warring you know both were at war for thousands of years or however long here on scarrow and so i don't know if anyone definitely has any moral you know, superiority than the other necessarily, but anyway, but I felt like at the end of the day, the, because the resistance were in it, they, we had the mutos, I guess, were sort of the neutralist party. Was it, or was it the other side, the golden people that Susan meets later on? Yeah. The, oh gosh. Yeah. It's very easy. That's the Khaled's. And then I can't remember the other ones, but yes, the draws, thralls, something like that. A lot of bowels. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have more of a high ground, right. I suppose. And, and it's, you know, sort of thinking about this, this moral dilemma of, do we save a thousand people we don't know or one thing we don't know? Well, yeah, then that decision's really easy to make, theoretically. When it is more personal, you've got a little bit more skin in the game. And the decision, while possibly more moral morally ambiguous 
you still, I think, have more of a right to make that decision, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also thought it was an interesting twist that Davros, for whatever reasons, um, I got a little confused in this part, but I can still go with it, was playing both sides, where you know they had built the dome that would withstand the rocket, but then Davros goes to the Thralls, or whatever the name is, and then basically gives them information about the dome so they can destroy, so he's sort of playing both sides. Well, but he specifically does that so that his side will be like, oh yeah, no, make those Daleks, because the Thralls have come in. and destroy his own world so then he can rule. Yeah, so I don't think he's playing both sides at all. I Mm -hmm. think he's he's trying to... Well, he's certainly betraying his people for his own cause. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Um, but just, not defecting to the other side. That's true. That's true. Uh, his his goal is not to help the other side. But what I lo- you know thought was interesting <clears throat> was not necessarily what he did, but how the thralls then reacted when the doctor's like, "Oh gosh, Davros is terrible." Like, no, no, he's great. He's working for us now. Yeah. I, it, I guess an analogy. I don't know if I'm looking too far into this, or if this is what Terry Nation was writing. Um, it reminds me of sort of at least on the American side, you know, us welcoming the ex Nazis to help us build nuclear bombs. You know, the, the old, the former scientist or whatever to, you know, because they had knowledge and said, well, you know, yeah, they were Nazis, but they're helping us do what we need to do to fight the Russians. So, so we're going with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it, it, that was when I was watching this one, I thought a lot about, you know, going in and, you know, the United States has a, a history of going in to other countries with the idea of helping, mm-hmm. that rarely turns out particularly helpful <laughs> right. once, you know, a generation has passed. You know, for instance, uh, going into Iraq and ultimately putting Saddam Hussein in power mm-hmm. and then having to deal with that, mm-hmm. um, those sorts of things. And in that metaphor, I suppose, the United States is a lot like Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have specific skin in that game, so he feels like he can make the the more matter-of-fact decision, weighing all of the consequences from afar because they don't have to deal with the consequences. And so people suffer, but they're not ours, so it's okay. Yeah, and I think that, like, what you've already said, but I'll, I'll say it again, it would be interesting because, you know, in, in the, your analogy you're using... Usually whatever happens, the U.S. or whatever country, has, mm-hmm. you know, we're on the same planet, so we're going to have to face the consequences one way or the other. Whereas the doctor, you know, goes off in his TARDIS. And so, as you say, he sort of escapes consequences mm-hmm. that are second term or third, you know, effect, whatever. So, like you said, it would be interesting if, you know, the 13th doctor has to visit some planet and then figures out, like he said, you know, like the fourth doctor did, oh, this is my fault. Yes. And maybe it was something that was totally good and, you know... But because there's a secondary or a third effect or, you know, whatever. And then, and then maybe it was the good thing to do. You just can't control how things work out. And, you know, you can't be responsible for everything. Or maybe you are responsible for your intervention. And I mean, that's the story. And then that's the you, story. Have, to, you yeah. have to accept that responsibility, um, which I think, you know, we see the doctor do after the time war is he accepts that at no point does he use the excuse, well, there was nothing else I could do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's never any sort of trying to pass the buck at all. This is his, and he carries that. Um, and I think that's an important lesson, because I think as as people, as humans, it's really much easier to pass it off and escape some of that guilt rather than own decisions that we make. 
And then I'm thinking of, and you've gotten a little bit, but I don't know, if it, but the sort of the classic Time Lords, Gallifrey, who are very non-interventionist. I mean, they do a little bit New Who, but the, sort of the philosophy is, we are the Lords of Time, but we don't interfere, we just observe. And yes, then, yeah. And the Doctor, of course, is interfering because he's, the, you know. The petty problems of the universe. Exactly. And so I think that's, you know, if you want to have the, and I'm not making fun of this at all, I'm just saying as a, a contrast, the more libertarian point of view of, you know, we shouldn't be involved, you know. Do your own country and, you know, whatever. That's a that's an idea. But that's sort of, I think, the Time Lord, you know, the Gallifrey. You know, we can observe time, but we're not going to do anything. Yeah. Um, but whereas the Doctor's a little more interventionist, which, of course, gets them into trouble. But I think one we haven't watched, and I mean, we've only seen it once, but it'd be interesting to watch again, is the War Games when the Doctor's put on trial for his intervention. Oh, yeah. Uh, the that second might Doctor, watch that again. Uh, we've never seen it. So. Oh, have I not? No, it's the second Doctor. It's his last uh, I saw, serial. I saw one where the Doctor was on trial. Uh-huh. Was he always on well, trial Well, that, that was the, the Sixth Doctor. Lords? Yeah, that was his whole... That was the Sixth Doctor. Right. Yeah, yeah. so yes, always he, on trial. Well, the Time Lords are always putting the Doctor on trial. They are so judgy. Or put it, or sending him to do the dirty work of the right? Daleks. Right? Or the cube yep, thing. Town, and but, yeah, yeah, all of this stuff. Those Time Lords. Yeah, mm. They should have been wiped out. No, I'm going back. We're, we're erasing all of this. We're starting back. Oh, no. I agree with this. Now we've lost her. <laughs> no, but in, in, in terms of my analogy... Mm. Going back to this Fourth Doctor serial that we watched, you know, the Thals coming in, the people of that planet being able to make their own choices for good or ill, and that's ultimately what the Doctor tries to do with Clara in the moon one, Mm -hmm. that there's more ownership there. Mm -hmm. There's much more ownership. And we've uh, done, I try to... Do a little more um, variety, but we've this is our second, fourth Doctor in a row. Would you think you know he's sort of seen as the silly one, but this obviously was a very serious one. Would you sort of think of the fourth Doctor now that you've seen a little bit more of them? Yeah, I liked this one. Mm-hmm. I, I did. I enjoyed because this one, like you know, as, as you can tell, mm-hmm. made me think a lot mm-hmm. and made me draw a lot of conclusions. Not necessarily ones that I like to draw or think about, but yeah, certainly having to think about them. And so, yeah, no, I didn't mind this one. And I like Sarah Jane. I always mm-hmm. like Sarah Jane. She's so clever. Mm-hmm. All right, darling. Well, I'm sure there's more to talk about, but we'll keep it to a close here. Yeah. Come find us on Twitter and let's talk about it some more. I got loads to say, lots to say, all the things to say. <laughs> and I'm right. That's right. About everything. Yes. <laughs> Good answer, baby. <laughs> So what are we going to talk about next week? Well, next week, speaking of consequences for the Doctor, we're going to be talking about the deaths of the Doctor. So we've talked regeneration before, but we're you know, that's that's what happens next. We're talking about what happens before. Yep. Um, how the Doctor has kicked the bucket. And I think time. it's I think it's an interesting because we just finished the twelfth Doctor, and and you've got that moment where he's tied up by Master, the Master and the Mistress. Mm. And both of them are saying, you know, how haven't you died? Let's think of what we can, you know, what any requests yeah, right. is what they say. And so uh, this is a good opportunity to look at all of those ways uh, that the poor doctor has kicked the bucket. That's right. Spoilers in the first one. He just gets tired. Yeah. Whatever that means. <laughs> old age. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a thing, really. Well, the 11th doctor died of old age. Well, yeah, but that was totally different than just being tired. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's what we're going to talk about. Tweet us about this episode. Tweet us about the one coming up. Uh, Just talk to us. I feel like sometimes I shout into this great abyss. I'm sounding my barbaric yawp. 
into the time void. Yeah, into the time Time vortex. Yeah, into the black hole, and I'm trying to back away. Anyway. Well, until next time, darling, you're my favorite partner to make decisions with in all of time and space. Oh, we bought a new mattress. That was a good decision, baby. That is just like what the doctor did. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) This is BBC Television.